What's the highest scoring football game you've ever seen in person? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're going to watch this show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download your podcast, it's free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation. It's free. It's quick. It's easy. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Become a subscriber. You should have already. Click that red subscribe button. When you see the thumbs up, smash it. And I never want you to miss one episode. Click that bell notification button and you are covered. This episode is sponsored by GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. I've seen USC score 66 points a few times. UCLA, Nevada. I watched USC drop 70 points on Arkansas. But neither of those games had a combined 99 points. So if you thought USC's 50-49 to 49 victory was exciting, what should we anticipate for homecoming this Saturday uh, when the number five ranked Washington Huskies in the town, right? We know both teams can put up points when they're playing up to the to the best of their abilities. And I know Washington has been struggling recently. So has USC. Um, however, between those two teams, one's still undefeated. And they have a really good win on their resume. They beat Oregon. Since that game, though, they, they've had a couple of clunkers in there. You know, they had no touchdowns against Arizona State, but they got the win. Uh, Stanford, they kind of played with Washington last week. The Huskies eventually pulled it out 42-33. to 33. Washington scores, on average, 40 points per game this season. They're allowing 20 points per game. USC's offense is the number one scoring offense in the country, again, uh, based on this last game. They're at 45 points per game, but they're in the triple digits. Uh, they're in the triple digits defensive club, as far as their ranking. They're still giving up, they're giving up 32 points per game. That number seems to be going up as the season goes on. So, the longer it goes, the better we get, I guess, sort of, right? Um, Right now, the Huskies are four-and-a-half-point favorites on USC's home turf. Here's how I would say, if you're betting, take the over. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, yep, sponsor of ours, the uh, the over-under for this game right now, it's set at 71-and-a-half points. Take the over. Now, I also want you to raise your hand if you think either defense is going to prevent the other's offense from scoring at least 35 points. You're seeing why I'm saying take the over. Because if both teams score 35 points per, or if they just reach their scoring average, they're going to hit that 71 and a half and go beyond. Right now, the Trojans defense, they allowed, you know, their most recent game against Cal, they allowed 527 yards of total offense. And that was with a quarterback who had no name before this game. And who was not a Heisman contender. 
Michael Penix Jr., Washington's quarterback, he ended his last game against Stanford. He completed 30, 21 of 38 passes, 389 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. I'm not going to lie. The, the thought of Michael Penix and his wide receivers going up against Alex Grinch's scheme and USC's cornerbacks, that scares the bejesus out of me. By the way, does anyone actually know what the bejesus is? Let me know, please, in the comment section. I did a Google search. There's a lot of different things. Uh, comparing the quarterbacks, though, you have the Heisman wannabe, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, he leads the country right now, throwing for he's he's averaging 368 yards per game, and that's 10 yards per completion. The actual Heisman winner last year. Uh, he's the number 10 thrower in the country as far as yards per game goes. 294 yards, just under 300. And he's getting 9.6 yards per, per completion. So comparatively speaking, 10 yards, 9.6, they're about the same. Their completion percentage is almost identical as well. Uh, Michael Penix is at 68.8%. Caleb Williams, 68.2%. Whatever. Now, the one, there's a couple of things actually working in USC's favor. One thing is USC's advantage to USC's advantage is Michael Penix. He has a tendency, or he at least he's more of a risk taker. He'll, he'll throw the interception. He has 24 touchdowns this season and six, six interceptions uh, throwing the ball. Caleb Williams, 25 and four. And we know that three of those interceptions came in his only, his one bad game of his career against Notre Dame. Those are his words, not mine. But according to Caleb, one bad game. That's where he had three out of his four interceptions. I don't anticipate him having another one of those performances. Now, if Alex Grinch's 2022 opportunistic Trojan defense shows up, you know, Michael Pennant could be in for a game of mixed results. I actually see two interceptions for USC in this game. Collecting two interceptions. Make that clear. And you know what else? We know that USC is pretty heavily penalized. They had, they had 11 for over 100 yards this past weekend against Cal. But I was literally just made aware of this. I had no idea. Um, the Huskies are actually worse than USC when it comes to penalties. They're blasting the conference. We'll see. So how do you frustrate Washington's offense, Michael Penix, the quarterback? Well, Trojan fans, do you remember how frustrated you were when Monty Kiffin was USC's defensive coordinator? Allowing all those yards between the 20s, the bend don't break, too deep, keeping everything in front. That's what USC needs to do against Washington. Washington doesn't run the ball particularly great to begin with. So I would, again, I, with that said, though, they also haven't played against USC's defense yet. So we'll, we'll see how good or Washington's run offense could be. I, I kid, but just a little bit. Now, what I am willing to do, though, I, I'm willing to sacrifice yards for possible field goal attempts. That's what I'm talking about. Keeping everything in front, 
going to that cover two zone defense that Monty Kiffin loved to do. Keep Washington's big plays minimized. They're going to get some. Just we're going to we have to accept that, right? But don't let them get don't let them get behind USC's cornerbacks on a regular basis. That's what you got to stop. I wrote in my Monday column on WeRSC.com in my Monday's morass. I'm not sure if Caleb Williams actually has a seat waiting for him in New York this year for the Heisman ceremony. Now, his numbers right now, they're just, they're not spectacular. And he doesn't have any of those Heisman moments. He didn't have one in the Notre Dame game for sure. I'm not sure he really had one in the Utah game as well. This game against Washington, it's his road to redemption. We'll call it the road to redemption tour. Like I said, it's a Heisman winner versus the, versus the wannabe. And I don't mean want to be in a negative thing. I, I mean, Michael Penix wants to be the Heisman winner this year. Caleb at home with pressure. Are you going to take him or are you going to take Michael Penix on the road with the pressure uh, to, to stay undefeated, one, and to perform better than Caleb Williams? Let's look at it this way from a team from a team perspective. This is USC's first playoff game. I kind of touched on it a little bit on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. If they lose one more game, everything is done. There's no conference championship game, nothing. Really nothing left to play for other than pride. Now, Michael Penix, he has that comeback win against Oregon in the bag already. That's his you know, Heisman moment, so to speak. Caleb is going to want to remind everyone who the best quarterback in the country is. I can see both quarterbacks having big days. I just need Caleb to have a better day. I think both are going to go well over 300 yards passing. I think Penix will go well over. Caleb will hover somewhere between 300, 350. Um, because, and, and the reason being is Caleb will use his legs more than Michael. With that being said, watch what happens. Reverse. It always does, right? Um, so, Caleb will have at least three touchdowns throwing the ball. He'll also have a, at least two running the ball. So 50 to 49, not quite 100 points. Uh, the Trojans in Colorado earlier this year, they combined for 89 points. USC versus Arizona in triple overtime. What did they have? Uh, 84 points. That matched the game that USC had against San Jose State to open the season. I, I think USC versus Washington, that has the potential to crack the century mark. By how much? That's really the question, right? Is this going to be a track meet? It has the potential. So I'm going to have a final score prediction later this week on Locked on USC. So you're going to have to stay tuned for another episode. You also have to stay tuned for the next segment because first we've got to do this. Trojan fans, stop stressing out trying to get ticks to the game. Download the game time app. By the way, this game, it's sold out. All tickets sold. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start believing and, and start getting hyped up for the games. That's all you got to do. Trojan fans, if you're still on the bandwagon, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concert tickets, comedy. They got it all. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets 
in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 100%, 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy, and you're going to know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive. So you can actually buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you are done. They'll send the tickets directly to your phone. You don't got to dig through the email. They're easy to find. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions are going to apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You're not going to want to miss it. I want to make one thing clear. At USC, cost really isn't the issue here. They have the money if they ask nicely. And when it comes to the defensive coordinator spot, USC typically pays its DCs or its assistant head coaches, what the going market rate is. Uh, Alex Grinch, right now, let me just say, put it this way. He isn't starving. He's not forced to eat bologna sandwiches or Cheerios every day. He's okay. And I'm pretty sure, you know, former guys like Clancy Pendergast and guys like Ed Orgeron, Monty Kiffin, they weren't living paycheck to paycheck either when they were USC's defensive coordinator or assistant head coach. What I'm trying to say is, whatever direction USC is planning to go after this season, which I think everyone assumes is going to be in a different direction defensively, I think some they have that's working in USC's favor as far as being able to show, hey, you know what, we'll take care of you financially. Something else that I think is working in USC's favor, uh, Coach Riley, he likes to call his own offensive plays, so. The offensive coordinator spot is really not the offensive line coach's duties, uh, even though they, he gets that finger quote, um, that title next to his name. Offensive line coach is well compensated. But the money that's being saved on an actual offensive coordinator can now kind of be shifted towards that defensive coordinator spot. So there's kind of, I, I guess you could say there's extra money if you, you want to look at it that way. Especially if uh, that the next defense coordinator has the bona fides to demand that extra dinero, right? Demand the extra top dollar. Right now would not be the time for USC to all of a sudden become financially prudent. One way, and I, I think a really quick and easy way for Coach Riley to change the optics regarding him and defense is for him to say, hey, we're, we're going to take this thing really seriously. Defense matters. Defense coordinators out there, you show me your resume, 
I'll show you the money. He's not going to use those exact words, but that's the message that he wants to convey. And there's really, there's two ways of looking at this uh, as far as your, who you should be looking at for your next defensive coordinator. Because number one, there's a lot of young up and comers out there. And, but there's also a lot of NFL guys out there that you can go after. Just look at what UCLA did in one year. Yeah. Excuse me. They brought in, um, his last name is Lynn. He was from the Baltimore Ravens. And he was with, obviously, in the NFL. And UCLA right now, I think they have the number seven ranked defense in the country. I told you earlier, USC is in the triple-digit club. You never want to be in the triple-digit club. Not when it comes to, to statistics. Never. The higher the, the number, the worse you are. Now, like I said, there's young guys out there. I'm not saying USC should go get James Madison, uh, defensive coordinator, young guy, up-and-comer. He does have the number one run defense in the country. So, again, I'm not saying he's the right guy for USC, but there are guys out there like that you want, you might want to look at. Me, personally, uh, I, I think Coach Riley needs to find somebody with name recognition. I mean, this 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 is about the optics we're talking about and being able to kind of lure the defensive recruits back. They want to recognize a name, recognize somebody who's successful at his craft. And I also, I think the next defensive coordinator is going to want to bring in some of his own guys. So how much should USC's budget set aside for the next defensive coordinator and his staff? I'm thinking what three, anywhere from three to six million. Six million is probably on the high side, but is that too much? I think three million is where you start. You, you've got to have that as your bottom bottom line, right? Because you have to assume at least two to two and a half of that, the defensive coordinator is going to want. So let's add another two and a half million for the pool of assistants. So maybe six million is that number. Uh, especially, again, if, if someone has the defensive resume and they've earned it. I mean, how about a guy like Gary Patterson? You know, he's helping out Texas Longhorns right now. They look better defensively this year. Let's admit that. <laughs> I I would also think that any defensive coordinator who is worth his lick uh, would love the chance to go up against Big Ten defenses next year. Because remember... That's what USC is kind of selling right now. They're done with the Pac-12 um, wide-open offenses. My partner, my buddy, Chris Arledge, over there on Inside the Trojan Huddle, uh, he said it perfectly. You know, besides Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, and I'll even, this is me talking, I'll even add in Maryland's offense. What else does the Big Ten have to offer that scares you offensively? That's right, no one. If I'm a defensive coordinator, and I know what USC's talent base has the ability to, you know, to kind of go get. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? That might be the place for me. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about making yourself look good? If that's, you know, the, the goal is to be, maybe become a head coach one day. I would think defensive coordinators would be lining up for this opportunity. You know, you're going to come in. You're going to make USC's defense good to great again for the next couple of years. And then, boom, catapult yourself off to a head coaching job. 
I think that's how USC needs to sell the position going forward. The type of um, talent to attract. Go get a big name, possibly someone from the NFL, something that's going to sell to recruits. And I think just like what those guys across town did, you can change your defense pretty quickly. I'm not worried about USC getting the talent. I am worried about USC putting the right scheme together to match the personnel. We'll see what happens. And you're, this is actually a perfect segue for the next segment. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is really super easy to use. And they also, they've got a wide range of different betting options. They've got the point spread. They've got the player prop bets. They've got the over-unders. And they've got a whole bunch of other ways you can bet. So check it out. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Remember how I called Utah's offense Iowa bad because of, and it was because of all of their injuries. Yeah, I know. I know what the pig farmer and Utah's offense did to USC. But again, it was all about, you know, where they were before they played USC's defense. And I also just, it kind of backs up what I said. I saw what Oregon just did to that same Utah team in Salt Lake City. Well, this is why I said what I said. In a statement released Monday, October 30th, you're watching this episode of Locked On USC. Better be watching it on Halloween Tuesday because you're making your first listen and watch every day. Interim Athletic Director Beth Gates from Iowa, Interim Athletic Director, put out the statement on Monday, October 30th. I informed Brian, Brian Ferenc, that our intention is for him to be with us through the bowl game, but this is his last season with the program. Making this known today is in the best interest of the program and its loyal fans. It provides clarity during this pivotal time in the schedule. Who's Brian Ferenc? That's Iowa's offensive coordinator. Iowa's former athletic director, his name was Gary Barta. He restructured Brian Ferenc's contract in February of this year. Cutting his salary, and requiring the Hawkeyes to average 25 points per game over a 13-game season in order to secure his return in 2024. The so-called drive for 325 stands at 156 points through eight games. That's Iowa bad. Which means Iowa would have to average 33, almost 34 points per game, 33.8 to be exact, over its final five games to reach the 25-point-per-game mandate. The Hawkeyes, 232 yards per game this season, ranks last in the football's football football bowl subdivision by far, and their scoring average of 19.5 points per game is 120th. Except my point, the higher the number in statistics, the worse you are. Iowa's average are Iowa averages 244 yards per game and 18.4 per game since the start 
since the start of the 2022 season. This is the interim athletic director's full statement. Anyone who loves Iowa football recognizes both the success and challenges that have brought attention to our program this season. Our struggles on offense, coupled with the offensive coordinator's contract, make this a unique situation. After conversations with head coach Kirk Ferentz, coach Brian Ferentz, and President Wilson, I informed Brian that our intention is for him to be with us through the bowl game, but this is his last season with the program. Making this known today is in the best interest of the program, its loyal fans, yada, yada, yada. It is not my practice to be invoked in assistant coaching decisions and certainly not to make public such a change during a season. Our priority is to put all day is to put all our student athletes in the best position to have both short-term and long-term success on and off the field. Our football team has a group of outstanding young men and talented athletes who right now record 6 and 2 have a lot to play for. As a former athlete, I know every opportunity to put on the jersey is a cherished one. As Hawkeyes, let's continue to support all of our coaches, staff, and student-athletes in their pursuit of a Big Ten championship and bowl game victory, end quote. So, how should USC handle their Alex Grinch situation? That's why I read that whole thing. I thought that was really unique. The interim athletic director... First of all, I'm not in favor of Jen Cohen and Lincoln Riley restructuring Alex Grinch's contract with stipulations like I read above. Let's just get that out of there. Push that off the table. That's not that's not on the table. Someone asked if Alex Grinch should kind of just bow out gracefully. My answer is no. Absolutely not. It's not his job to fire himself. Whose responsibility is it? Coach Riley needs to be the accountable person here. It was his decision to bring him back in January, despite the, all the evidence against it. It's his responsibility to kind of break the news, even if it's to a real good friend. That's part of the job, part of the responsibility of being head coach. With that said, I like Iowa's interim AD. I, I mean, she had the intestinal fortitude to say, hey, thanks for your time, but we're going in a different direction in 2024. She recognized that the chance of them hitting those stipulations probably wasn't going to happen. Let's just cut bait now. So what if athletic director Jennifer Cohen had the same conversation with Riley? And then made a similar statement. You know, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like it. And what from number one, it, it puts defensive coordinators on notice. Stores open. Come check it out. Send in your resumes. Get started. You know, create that buzz. There's another potential benefit, short term. I don't. I don't have any evidence to back it up, but it's kind of human nature. Maybe the players who have been giving great effort all season, all last year, maybe they actually send their current defensive coordinator off with, you know, showing signs of improvement. 
I don't think three solid games now is is going to save his job. Three shutouts, maybe. But how much money are you willing to bet on that happening? So, yeah, maybe 20 bucks, right? <laughs> the point being, once it's out there, and I, I think everybody can kind of take a deep breath and just relax, not feel that the weight of everything, I, I think maybe even the, the players on defense will play a little bit better. Because I think they are playing to try and save their save their coach's job. I think it's out there where it's it's just it's known. I like what Iowa did. I would not be opposed to USC following the same formula. Use the same approach. Because again, if Jen if Jen Cohn is going to make that kind of public statement, I would anticipate that she's going to have the conversation with with Lincoln Riley first. She's not going to go above his head. I have a pretty good feeling that Iowa's athletic director had the conversation with Brian's father, Kirk. And isn't that weird? Kirk Friends, defensive guy, his son, an offensive guy, but obviously he's just not getting the job done. So give me your comments. Tell me what you think. You're not shy. Let me know. I'm going to be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because that's what we do five times a week. I might even have my final score prediction. I might wait till Thursday. Who knows? But I am going to have something new and something, always something thought-provoking to talk about here. We are going to talk about Washington, that's for sure. But until then, everyone, you know what to do.